and welcome to the Stuck on Self-Love podcast. My name is Tazeen Sheikh and I'm a writer, self-love and mental health advocate and Stack Designs blog manager. Along with five other young women from around the world, I run a successful nonprofit for girls and a clothing brand. At Stack Designs, we believe in self-love first because self-love is the dawn that marks the beginning of all the different kinds of loves and because it undoubtedly sustains success. This podcast shines light on strong and talented women who persevere and excel in life while bathing in abundant self-love. So if you're ready to keep it real, level up in all your inner work, creative business, and community impact, then you have come to the right place because we provide you with content that helps your soul glow, your mind grow, and keeps you lit. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Stuck community, we at Stuck Designs aim to provide girls in underserved communities access to art education as well as help them recognize and utilize the power of self-love. You can be a part of our cause and make an impact by donating to our two programs, Little Hardists and Fly Girl Initiative. You can also choose to become a monthly donor. Visit our website www.stuckdesigns.org for more information. Hello, Stuck community, and welcome back to another episode of the Stuck on Self-Love podcast. I'm your host, Dazine, and today we have a very lovely guest with us, Denise. Welcome, Denise. Hi, Stuck community. Great to have you. So please start off by introducing yourself to our audience. So um, my name is Denise Rosa. I am a vocal coaching teacher in Connecticut in the USA. Um, I teach virtually. I have an online course. I teach in person now. Um, it was kind of a dream from not that long ago because the original dream changed. There was a lot of, um, I mean, not just recent changes. There have been changes throughout life and just adjustments. Mm -hmm. um, really great things have come from it, uh, but that's what I do now. I'm an encourager. <laughs> You know? Lovely, lovely. Yeah. So now, Denise, your story is extremely inspiring. It is a story of resilience. It is a story of courage. And it is only right that you come on here and speak your story for all the people that are listening. I'm sure the audience will draw so much inspiration from it. So talk to us about your life. I mean, I was studying voice with these brilliant, brilliant women at um, Yale University when I was like nine and 10. And I wow. was stuff then um and then as I got older you know I went to college I did um, musical theater and it was in my third year at um at college that I was in a pretty intense car accident where um I was the passenger in the vehicle and we were getting on a highway it was one of the fast busy highways and a vehicle came out of nowhere and t-boned our car and actually hit my door um on the highway so we're going you know 75 miles per mm -hmm. hour and right. like just hit us really hard and um mm -hmm. I remember now thinking back um I'd hit my head in that accident so hard that mm -hmm. I um it was like I forgot who I was or where I was and I did right. it my friend who was with me she was like you need to call 911 and I called, you know, I dialed because I knew that was what I needed to do. But when they asked me where I was, I drew a complete blank. I had no idea where I was. They asked me what my name was and I drew another blank. And I was like, I'm, I'm so lost. I'm in, I'm in like shock, like from head to toe. Um, and, 
you know, the firemen came and they took me out. The EMTs came and they took me out of the car. Um, they brought me into the truck and they realized that I needed to go to the hospital because my spine was in pain. I had, um, from that first accident, I had four herniated discs that we had no idea about. Um, and they put me on, you know, a ton of medication. Um, I ended up not being able to dance. I had to mm -hmm. stop entirely. Um, and so I went home for recovery and it wasn't until I got home for recovery that the second car accident happened where I was rear-ended oh by a young driver. And that time it ruptured my discs. So I have a fully ruptured lower disc. Um, and we knew in that moment that I was not going to dance ever again. Like it just was not going to happen. Um, and it was devastating. Like even thinking about it now, like I've come so far, um, but recognizing that it altered my life in this way, like makes me cry a little bit because you feel like that loss. You feel that, that bit of, um, you've done this your whole life. You loved this. And suddenly it's just not part of your life anymore. And it's someone, you feel like someone stole that from you. Like, um, I remember she was just like a teenager, like she was just a young kid and she came to my door and I just remember sitting in the front seat, um, realizing that I couldn't feel my left leg, like as I was sitting there. I mean, it was so instant and the pain was just outrageous. Um, I went in for an MRI and they saw where it had just ruptured and all of the gel from inside the disc was actually pressing on my spinal cord. So the pain was very real. Um, the loss of feeling in my legs um, was very real. Um, I was still in my 20s. So my doctors, after, I mean, extensive mm -hmm. um, just work, uh, I had gotten like cortisone shots. I had gotten... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, gone through all sorts of therapies and they said, well, if we go in and we, because you're young, like if we go in and we do the surgery, yeah, you'll walk and it'll be, well, it was a 50, 50 chance that I might not walk. And there was a greater chance that in my later years, I would be in even more pain just because the way that the surgeries were working at the time, right. um, you really, you really didn't get, you kind of, they would put a rod in and just the outcome was, there was no outcome where dancing was a possibility. Um, the only outcome was I could walk well without pain or I could um, potentially not walk at all or not feel that leg or like mm -hmm. my left side um, for the rest of my life. And it was, oh man, I was just married. It was like super devastating. Like it was really hard to deal with that. And um, I had gone into like, teaching in the school systems. And I realized it really wasn't for me. I wasn't doing music. Um, I wasn't doing anything with my voice. And I, uh, it was, it was hard. Um, right. But, you know, like, it was just, there was something about it at that time where I needed to do something with music. And I had spoken to my husband. I was like, even if I'm just teaching voice, I can do that. You know, I had been in voice classes since I was very young. Um, and I understand the mechanics of the voice having gone, you know, in for music, um, in college and I, and I could, I could share that and in, like information and in that knowledge. 
And so that was what I wanted to do. I was just like, well, let me, let me bring music back into my life because I know that it has like this really um, wonderful healing factor, you know, like course, there's something definitely. about music that's so spiritual and it's so intense and it's so life-changing. Um, and I just wanted to do that. I wanted to start that. So I started it on the side. I had like a few mm-hmm. students here and there, like, <laughs> and, and you know, I think it wasn't, oh man, it was, it didn't take long for me to realize what it meant mm-hmm. to, to be the person sharing this information. I'm, I'll never forget one of my students. He's with me to this day. It has been years. This, mm-hmm. this young man, he is now a young man. He was like a young child. He came in very shy and just mm-hmm. so he was incredibly adorable. Like he was just a very, he's still incredibly adorable, you know? Um, but he came in and he was very shy, very quiet. And he started, you know, whisper singing and we got him to sing out loud. Wow. And oh my God, it just filled my heart. And I was like, this uh-huh. is what I need to do for the rest of my life. Like right. <laughs> help people find their voice. Like this is how I've got to do it. And then, oh, and it just led to finding more people who had the same mm-hmm. situation I've worked with um, people on the spectrum who went from never performing to performing in front of their family members and friends altogether. I have worked with um, all age groups from seven to like mid fifties and just giving them opportunities to step out and do something more because mm-hmm. what I learned from my experience was that I, you could go through hell like of course you could legitimately go through hell and if you come to that point where you need to do something more you can it you just have to adjust adjusting is okay you have to like maybe pivot or maybe change something mm-hmm. and you can find um purpose in that change and you can step into it and really become almost like a new creature like just right. like a new person and be fulfilled and love what you do and grow what you do and see others change. And that's what I want for every single person who walks through my door or speaks with me or takes lessons online. Like I want to see that growth from within because I know it's a, it's a stepping out. It's a change for a lot of them. And something about music just does it, you know, it just changes everything. Right. Um, was that what you were asking? Did I answer that? Yes, of course, perfectly. That is exactly what we wanted to know. I mean, Denise, you, the way you've handled your circumstances, it's truly remarkable. You know, you played the cards that you were handed and here you are winning at life. And, you know, with, you know, a situation such as yours, like you said, there were so many challenging times. Of course, that is 100% a part of it. So take us more into the details of those times where you were truly struggling, of course, physically, but also mentally, because, you know, a lot of the times we're so focused on the success part of such, you know, instances and stories that we don't talk enough about the work that it took to get there, the fails, the struggles. So tell us about that. So um, when it comes to those struggles, I have to be honest and say, I still sometimes struggle. Like there are still moments to this day where like, I watch a show and like, I'm crying because I'm seeing this beautiful artistry that I know that I love deeply and I know I can't participate. So the emotion wells up 
And I like, even now, like I think about it and like, oh gosh, I just love, I have such a passion for it. Um, but with that, I think what I, I always do is like, I think, you know what? I know that what I do is so fulfilling. Like I know that I changed and I adjusted and this is fulfilling. And in the future, my plan is to find a way to incorporate that with what I do as right. well. So it means um, bringing dance into my studio. Like that's what I'm going to do because I know I love it. Um, I might not be the one dancing, but I will certainly um, watch people do it and love that. Um, the other, like, if we want to talk about like what I went through was I did go through a very dark period, you know, like right afterwards and thank God for my husband, honestly, because <laughs> you know, your partner goes through it with you. Like whatever you go through, if your partner's there, I mean, they're going through it too. Mm -hmm. And he has always been super supportive. Um, he let me have like my breakdowns. He let me kind of cry he let me, you know, have my angry moments. He's always taken me to all of the Broadway shows. He's always taken me to like each of the like local theater shows, whatever we could do. Um, even though he wasn't really a theater person before having married me, he's always been very supportive and always there. Um, and we found solace in kind of going and still experiencing it. I think that not letting go really made a huge difference for me um, because it motivated me to become a part of that world in a different way as best as I could. Um, that dark period was hard for both of us mm -hmm. uh, because I had, I didn't want to stay there. I knew that. Right. But I knew I had to experience the emotions because this was this was what it was. There's no questions. You know, there's no like um, you don't kind of get around it. It just is what it is. Um, but our focus was, OK, make sure that you always walk like that's just make sure that I can walk. Um, and if we get that far, great. And like, that's OK. Um, and then like every success, every time I was able to move more, or do better or strengthen myself, um, it's a success, we celebrate. Um, it had gotten to the point where I was able to move more. Um, I did try doing a local theater show. Um, we did Seussical the Musical and mm -hmm. you know I was able to participate, which was fantastic. Um, but my body was not, it was, I could tell it wasn't the same. Um, I couldn't do half of the things that I would have done in the past. And um, that was the moment that I was like, okay, this is, it really is over. Like, I can't do it. Um, just going through that and coming out the other end and saying, how do I keep this in my life, but do what I love? Um, I'm a focus person. I'm a goal getter. Like I needed that goal. I needed that, like that one thing that nobody could take away. And it really was sharing what I can do, what I can teach still. Um, it was hard. It's hard to call it anything else. You oh, know, like it's, it's difficult to describe it mm -hmm. um, well, I think, because everyone handles those moments differently and you can choose to 
to live in it and, and, and dwell on it. And I couldn't, I couldn't make myself keep doing that. I couldn't allow myself to live in that dark period that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong if you have to take your time with it, because I believe that everyone has their pace. Of course. Um, mine was probably, mine probably lasted like a year and a half. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was rough for about mm-hmm. a year and a half. And like I said, my husband's super supportive. You know, how are you feeling? Do you feel better today? No? Okay. Do you want chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> of course. The best solution. <laughs> you know like how about a movie what can we do you know and he oh my god he carried me upstairs when I needed the help he you know like he was he was such a trooper um um but he always always ensured that I was you know (laughs) um I laugh a little bit because he's the one who's like you know uh, turmeric helps reduce swelling. Do you want some turmeric tea? Like, do, like great. Like, um, super cute. He definitely did everything in his human power to just right. ensure, like, hey, what can we do? How can we do this? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that um, if it wasn't for him, I probably would have spent more time, right? Kind of yeah. in like the depression for lack of a better word that's exactly what it was um more time in that for sure um but he he is having someone alongside you Mm -hmm. uh who's like that is super helpful a community really um of people who are willing to uplift you when you feel really down Mm -hmm. um after the year and a half that's probably when I found um that's when I found my, I guess, tribe of students who mm-hmm. made, I'll tell you that day when he started singing out loud and I saw him light up and go from shy young man to like singing on stages. I would go to see the shows he was in and he was just like singing out loud and like um, having several other students who dealt with anxiety, who were also singing out loud, performing in my recitals, like seeing those moments didn't just um break me out it kept me out right seeing their successes almost like keeps me afloat you know it keeps me thinking about the positive things and moving on towards what we could potentially do in the future as we continue to move forward um it's hard I will never take that away from someone because I know what it is. Um, I don't know. There's a huge sense of loss. Of course. And I think when this happened, the mental health um, world wasn't as popular. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. There was still a lot of taboo around it. Yeah. So um, I would do therapy on... um, you know, on some days, but it's hard to find a good therapist. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard to find somebody who aligns with you. Uh, but when you find that one person, like stick with them, mm-hmm. you know, like I had a hard time finding them. Um, I was lucky enough to have a friend who was 
um, who went to college with me and he, unfortunately, he lived very far away, mm -hmm. um, but I would call his um, company or call him like, I think it was like a couple thousand miles at the time that they were living far away. Oh, They're farther wow. now. Mm -hmm. um, so he would, he would talk with me over the phone and kind of help me through as well. Um, but um, it was hard to find someone that I trusted that I could talk through. Um, mentally, it was different. <laughs> mentally, it was, it was honestly my husband who like knew that I had something more in me, trusted me to move forward, trusted me to, to make good decisions. And we have seen the fruit of that now um, over time. It's been, man, it's been about eight years of me teaching. Wow. <laughs> incredible. You've been on an incredible journey. Oh, oh, eight years of teaching. I survived wow. the pandemic and a total lockdown. Yes. <laughs> like, of course. I, I am thrilled. Like, I think with the years now, it's at the point where it's like, I'm just thrilled to still be here and still mm -hmm. be doing all the things that I'm doing. Thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. Anchor is a platform where you can make your podcasts in the easiest way possible. What's even better is that it is completely free. The thing I love most about Anchor is that it has everything you need to make a podcast in one place. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is that simple. If you're looking for a platform to get started, look no further because Anchor has everything you need. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Um, we had a recital recently and we had people who had never performed before in their life, younger, in their 50s and up, like wow. all people working together to perform. And it was like, this is this is why I do what I do. This mm -hmm. is why, like, this is your calling. Yeah. Like, this is why I love them. Um, seeing people just have a good time together, like this is, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Did that answer your question? I'm yes. sorry. I feel like I'm not answering. I just want to make sure I'm giving you a no. You. Definitely, you are. You are. It is beautiful. I mean, you've transformed your situation entirely. You found why you're here on this planet, why you're, you know, existing, you've found your reason, you found a new sense of identity, like you said, and that is incredible. It is definitely not the easiest of things. It can break the strongest of people, but, you know, here you are and it is amazing. Your resilience is really, really admirable, truly. Thank you, Denise, for doing all that you do. Honestly, you're changing lives, Denise. You are. I do like community is a huge deal like I cannot take I can never take the credit for myself like I will always give the credit to the people who who have been around me whether it's my family my family was very supportive too like I remember oh we had this really rough day <laughs> it was this one time um, we had moved and we paid movers obviously to like take our studio from one place to the new place mm -hmm. and they um they broke my piano oh oh <laughs> oh whoa and there was no like um there was no way of like proving that they had done it or anything like but oh, it like okay. stopped playing and I was like it was like it broke it was fine the day before mm -hmm. it was not fine the day after mm -hmm. um 
And I just remember thinking, oh, I have to go get a new piano. And there, you know, like, I was like, this is not what I want. And I, you know, like my, my dad had called me at the same time where I was like, my piano just stopped working. Like he just happened to call in that moment. And I, and I'm working on it. And he was like, well, did you, I will, I will, they're electronic, they're keyboards. So like, I will take it apart and figure it out and put it back together because that's how I am. My brain will like do that. And I tried that and I was like, it's still not working, you know? <laughs> um, he came, my dad showed up a few hours later with a new, like smaller keyboard. And he was like, use this to you can go get the other one. And I was like, thanks. That is so sweet. <laughs> like, so sweet. Just things like that. Like oh, having yeah. a people around you who like, when you call and say, oh, this is bad, you know, mm -hmm. like, and they, they show up for you. Like it really does change. Like be vulnerable. Like be honest, be vulnerable, be open. Um, I think there's a lot of um, stigma around being vulnerable. Like if you are vulnerable, then you're weak. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not true. Like everyone has an issue. Like something goes on. Um, there's always a time where like you have highs and there's always something, something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be drastic. It doesn't have to be you know, losing your identity all of a sudden. It doesn't have to be that. It could be as small as like, um, maybe this isn't small, but like if you lost your phone, it could be as mm -hmm. small as that. And like of that course. can be rough for a lot of people. And like, all, all you need is somebody to like help you look for it. Right. Like that little act of kindness can mean everything to somebody. And if let's say you find it, like you've just corrected something for someone that was so tiny, like it's not hard exactly. to go look for something it's just a little bit of your time um that shows so much care and so much like humanity mm -hmm. and I think that when I don't know about where you live but here in the northeast we tend to be like you know blinders on walk fast don't really smile mm -hmm. and don't hold the door open don't do those things right uh, it is the season for the holidays so everyone's kind of you know being a little bit nicer holding more <laughs> that happens um but what I'm saying is like if you're vulnerable to a group of people who you can trust they will always be there for you and when you have those moments of difficulty there is always someone who can give you a good word who can um I know like my friends will pray with one another you know like we'll just spend the time in prayer and meditation together and say okay you know, this was tough, but meditation is huge mm -hmm. because it takes you out of your element. It centers right. you, it allows you to like say, okay, these things are happening, but I can, I can control this and I can control this and I can control this. And so mm -hmm. I'll do these things and then we'll move on to the next step slowly when we're ready to, and not so anxious and not so stressed out and not mm -hmm. so, you know, like, Taking the time to care for yourself is huge. And prayer and meditation can do that. It can give you the time to refocus and organize and like find your way through it. Um, aside from like my family, I have a group of friends who when I'm having a rough day, I just call them and say, okay, I feel like I suck. Like, <laughs> you know, like Straight to the point. Yes. Today is one of those really sucky days. and. I don't know what to do with myself. 
and they'll either show up or um or just say over the phone you know hey well for one you don't suck like <laughs> you know first of all <laughs> you know first of all that's a lie um and second like I have time in this well you know I have time at lunch I have time tomorrow I have time in the next three days um let's sit and talk about it mm -hmm. and they do that and we do that and that's the kind of community that when it comes to mental health like it's so necessary um it helps pull you it helps push you when they hold you accountable for the actions that you claim you are going to do when they say hey did you call so-and-so did you you know make i don't know whatever it is like it really mm -hmm. depends on the person but like if, did you make that goal how did it go Right. Even those little questions that are carrying are going to change the way that you act as a person, like in your element, mm -hmm. because you know somebody's paying attention, um, and you know that they care enough to say it in love and say, "Hey, why didn't you do it?" Or, "What can we do to help you? Mm -hmm. How can we love you more?" Like that's what they do, and uh, I'm super blessed to have them. Um, I'm super thankful for each and every one of them and I can call them wherever they are whether it's across the country mm -hmm. or around the world at this point like I know that I'm you know if I'm having a struggle there's a community out there and I love that there's a community growing in the mental health and the self-care world where mm -hmm. it's like I know I can say these things and somebody out there is going to identify with it and somebody out there is going to hear it and say they can do exactly what I did and make a change and adjust and grow from it uh, and become more of the person they didn't know they wanted to become. Right. And that's huge. Like, yes. that's everything. <laughs> right. I mean, what you've spoken about here is truly so, so important, you know, the power of a community. And I'm so grateful that you had such people in your life, your husband, your family, your friends, truly, it is one of the most important things. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans and, you know, no one can do this alone. Life is hard for everybody, you know, and what you've said is really important. I hope that that really inspires everybody to show up for one another and, you know, to be vulnerable, to be kind. Now, Denise, let's talk about your business, right? Your organization, your company is called Your Pure Voice. Okay, so yeah. tell us more about that, your teaching model, you know, how you go about all of that. So, you know, I think it would be great because if there are people that are interested, they can, you know, reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my teaching model, and because I, um, uh, I worked with kindergartners for a long time, I actually understand that every student is a little bit different. Everyone mm -hmm. learns slightly differently. So I have an online course that anyone can subscribe to, but what you get with the online course is how to practice, how to learn how to sing, how to, you know, how you're supposed to spend your time practicing. Um, and you have access to me or any of my other vocal teachers um, who right now I have two others. Mm -hmm. um, if I can't be there for any reason, they can always jump in. Um, but they will identify any situations with you and show you how to use the tracks and the online courses to practice and correct the issue. So it gives them the opportunity to work from home. Um, it's a much more economical like price range for everyone. And you just take the time with one-on-one -on -one when you need it. 
Um, so the reason why I say it like that is because my model is really about goals. I've always been goal oriented. So I want everyone else to understand that like we want to reach a goal. If you're looking to say you want to reach a goal of just being confident. Okay, this is what you have to do to get to feeling confident. We'll discuss it with you. I will one-on-one -on -one sit down with like 15 minutes with you to show you how to use the website, what you want to do, um, depending on your goals and just kind of like sort that out with everyone very personably because that's how I feel. That's how I feel like I'm building this community and that's how I want it to work. Um, and I'm training my others uh, to do exactly that. Like mm -hmm. build this community of how do we teach? How do we learn? How you can learn on your own? Um, when I have a student who's one-on-one -on -one and in person or online, we discuss exactly what they're looking to do and we work towards that goal. We find where any of the like situations are. Sometimes people just need to learn um, how to be more agile vocally. So we work on those kinds of tracks where they're more um, agility based, like riffing and things like that. So like we can train them one on one. So I guess when you ask what my model is, it's really about you. And that's where the name Your Pure Voice comes from is because it's not about everyone has to sing these notes or this way, or mm -hmm. it's not a box. It's about conforming to your abilities and helping you grow into more of who you want to be. Because I think that with what I've had happen in my life, I had myself in a box. I never would have been a vocal teacher if I stayed on that path. It never would have occurred to me. Right. Um, and I had that box and then that box kind of like broke open. There was no choice, right? Mm -hmm. And like I took what was in there and I reformed it and I said, okay, well, let's do, let's do it this way. So we can still um, use all of the things that are in me and I can still be a part of this world because I love it so much. Um, we can, we can adjust and we can recreate. So that's where, so lately I've actually not called it just your pure voice anymore. We're saying YPV because we've expanded as well into having other instruments playing wow. um, instrument lessons as well. So like we have students who are taking piano lessons. We have students who are taking guitar lessons. Um, we have upright bass lessons happening and they're all virtual. Those are virtual, but those um, allow everyone who maybe don't, don't wanna sing, but they wanna learn an instrument, like mm -hmm. same principle. You find the goal, we find you where you're at Mm -hmm. And we teach you how to learn from there, right. um, which is why I work with so many different kinds of people um, in all ages. Um, I know that sounds really bizarre. Like who works with all ages? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a large <laughs> spectrum, but you're covering it. Yeah, yeah we're going for it because um, I don't believe that you I don't believe that you should stop learning at any point in life. I, I always felt that learning was a continual thing. Um, never knew I'd be teaching. Definitely not. But now that I'm teaching, I'm still learning. I'm always mm -hmm. trying to find new ways to teach, new ways to help grow everyone and get them to, um, you know, where they want to be. I've always been an information like sponge. Like that's all mm -hmm. I, I love. So I want to share that as well. Um, I guess that's my model. My model is, where are you? How do we make you what you want to be? How can we grow? 
And let's be realistic, obviously, because not everyone's going to be, you know, Celine Dion or Mariah mm -hmm. Carey, but, but you're going to be you at your very best doing what you love or enjoy and having a good time doing it. And that's why I do it. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. That's brilliant. I mean, a good you know, teacher has to be a good student first. And I think that is everything that you are and you're implementing everything that you learned in your life, not just like vocally, but also everything, you know, that has happened with you, you're kind of taking that and, you know, juxtaposing it against your like principles of teaching. And that is, you know, incredibly beautiful. It is wonderful. We will be linking um, Denise's website and information in the description of this podcast, as well as for the video that we will upload to our YouTube channel. Now, lastly, Denise, so as you might already know, we at Stack Designs, we are all about preaching self-love and practicing, practicing it in our day-to-day -day lives. So tell us about your self-love journey, what it means to you, you know, what it looks like to you. So, oh, my self-love journey, this might be just as long as my, my, <laughs> every other journey, <laughs> you know, because self-love, oh man, especially as um, having been somebody who auditioned regularly, self-love mm -hmm. was very hard. Mm -hmm. Self-love was almost unheard of. Right. Because um, every new job or every new audition was, you have to be, you can't be Denise anymore. You have to be this person for this mm -hmm. role. And you have to be that person for that role. So there's a lot of like, okay, well, I can't be me. Mm -hmm. I can't be me. And like, that was, um, I didn't realize it was hard when it was happening. Mm -hmm. um, I would be in like three to five roles at once at one point mm -hmm. and find like coming back to myself meant really shutting down um, and just like getting everybody out of my, my like space for, you know, three months sometimes right. uh, because, mm -hmm. um, because I needed to refine myself. And so um, after the car accidents, um, that was when self-love became necessary. Um, it wasn't before that. I didn't understand self-love then or self-care. Um, self-love came with, you have to work out. You have mm -hmm. to stretch. You have to be able to walk. You have to be able to do these things. Um, you have to, you know, um, it came from a place of like need and not mm -hmm. just want. Self-love came with discovering that I had purpose in seeing mm -hmm. others succeed and loving it right. self-love came with taking care of my body and making sure that I was you know going and and taking care of you know being at each of my appointments self-love became very real when I had my first um my very first recital like my very first student concert um seeing each of them do their thing was like so, so fulfilling mm -hmm. <laughs> like so rewarding so fulfilling and I remember leaving that and my husband and my friends and everybody who was there for me was like were saying you know that was awesome do you realize that you did that I would say no <laughs> like, <laughs> you did no. that you made it happen <laughs> they're like you did no one really helped you do that Denise you did that and I was like no I don't, I don't understand 
it altered how I looked at it. It altered how I looked at everything. And so um, I think that self-love came first, accepting mm -hmm. that I could use something of value. Right. Um, you know, cause for the most part at that point, after years of pain and really not being very helpful um, in any way, cause I couldn't lift, like I had a disability index, they wouldn't allow me to, um, I could hardly carry like groceries up the stairs, you know, like that was, so you feel very useless. Like you feel this sense of like, what am I even doing? Like, I'm just lit, you know? Right. Um, and then seeing that, you know, that compared to this successful, small, never, ever, look down on small beginnings like mm -hmm. let me say that just because it was small doesn't mean it wasn't valuable seeing somebody change just because it was one person doesn't take away the value it doesn't mm -hmm. take away your value in being the person who helped them change it doesn't take away the value in how that affected the other person's life and it surely doesn't take away the value in how it affects your life seeing someone else change, even it is even when it is small, even when it's one person, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And that's something that I um I preach, I think, to everything. Mm -hmm. I don't care how small the beginning is, mm -hmm. um, because it mattered to someone. And that has great value. Mm -hmm. Um, self-love became even more important after that when I got busy mm -hmm. um when I had more students than I thought I could handle it was very time consuming um mm -hmm. but so worth it I loved every moment of it and then it wasn't until uh, October of 2019 that I finally quit my full-time job mm -hmm. what a time to quit my full-time job <laughs> October oh my gosh I thought I, there was a point in 2020 where I was like, I made the wrong choice. Like there's, like, this is bad. <laughs> like, the world because, was crazy then. Oh, it <laughs> just, it just exploded. Like everything had gone horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. um, we, oh goodness. I just remember my husband had built this whole, my soundproof studio that we're in right now. Like this is the studio. He actually mm -hmm. like set it up for me. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, we're so excited. We were thrilled to have all these wonderful changes uh -huh. and I quit my full-time job and, <laughs> um, and then everything shut down. The world just came to a full halt. Um, I had a few, I had to immediately, cause before that I was not doing virtual lessons. Mm -hmm. But I had to very much, very quickly adjust and <laughs> suddenly everything was virtual. Like everything right. was online. Everything mm -hmm. was from far away. I kept several of my students. I went from full-time able, like full-time student time to um, heart, like maybe five hours of students a week. We're talking about going from about 40 hours of students to just five. Oh my um, God. And I 
um, my husband at the time, he, in April, everything had shut down and he was not an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obviously not, an, I was nothing at that point. Like we were, <laughs> we were mm-hmm. like, it was just us. Um, and somehow, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't the slightest clue how it worked. They, st- my students stuck with me. Um, and, oh, that'll make me cry. Give me a second. <laughs> it's okay. With me. And um, as soon as the world started to open up, everybody got vaccinated, everything started working again. Um, they started to come back out of the woodwork. Either the one, not the same ones, but like new people wanted lessons, more people, and it started to come back. And I was like, I thought I had lost literally everything. I thought it was done for. I thought... I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I told my husband's name is Ryan. I told Ryan, I was like, I don't know what I can do for a job anyway. I can't stand for long periods mm-hmm. of that time. I can't, you know, like be sitting for a long period of time. My schedule is set up so that I can, you know, walk in between students mm-hmm. and like get some exercise in and like not every employer these days is... Mm-hmm. Um, accepting of such right they won't accommodate such needs right and so like going back I was I was very nervous uh, about going back but as soon as the world that opened back up I started they started coming back um, just knowing that they were on my side and they had faith in me um was enough you know that they were praying for me on their end and that they were like you know they're sending me all of the good vibes. Like yeah. that was everything. Um, and now, now we all, we're all very excited that it's coming back. I had another recital this year. Um, it was fantastic. We want to incorporate recording for the near coming. So everyone's going to start putting their own music together as well. Can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to expand. Um, one of my plans is to actually make a build out a mobile studio Mm -hmm. um because my goal is to be able to take that studio and do like groups lessons or like group um conferences where Mm -hmm. we can discuss how to be more confident in your voice moving forward and just like take them to the different places as I keep on moving through because I have groups who have wanted me to work with them in Canada and in New York and in Massachusetts and like I can't bring my studio here with me but if I had a mobile studio I could take it and I could really work with them for a couple weeks and keep all my my virtual students because they're all virtual still some are in person but they can all do virtual lessons and we could still continue to give exactly what I'm doing and still give more to, you know, groups that just don't have that opportunity. And I want, I want to continue to do that. That's, that's where we're headed, you know? Wow. So, you um, have brilliant ideas. <laughs> self-love. Self-love <laughs> is just accepting the change and, mm-hmm. and enjoying the alterations. Right. Making the best of it is what you've done. And you're incredible at doing that. Truly. (laughs) Very sweet. No, really. Because I think that today's episode is going to be really moving for a lot of people because so many people in the world are struggling. And, you know, especially with COVID, you know, the thing that you went through, there's so many people, small businesses, and, you know, even down to small vendors and everything. Everyone is 
it's been hard. It's been rough. And I really hope that your story, your journey, your words bring inspiration to all those people. Denise, thank you so, so much for coming on here and, you know, sharing your story with us all. It is definitely a story worth telling and a story worth listening to. So thank you. And I'm so grateful that you came on here. And yeah, welcome to the Stuck community as well. And we love you here. (laughs) I love it. That's so great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And to the audience, thank you so much for tuning in to our episode today. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You can visit our website, www.stackdesigns.org to shop our merch, make donations, join our blogging team, or be a part of our affiliate program. See you in our next episode. Love and light from us to you.